Good afternoon, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining me for this week's uh, Holy Manna time. Let, let me offer a word of prayer for us, and we'll begin with a devotion. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, it is a glorious thing that we can be buoyed in and by your grace. So God, in just a moment, there's going to be a, a reflection about uh, just that, being, Lord, steeped uh, in and knowing your grace fully, Lord, in our lives. So bless this day, certainly bless this time of manna for all who watch it. And we ask this in the name of the one who is the very presence, the very essence of grace, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, your Son. In his name we pray. Amen. So, uh, church, I'm going to continue with devotions from uh, the beach. I, I found another uh, gem that I'd like to share with you uh, entitled, Buoyed by Grace. I'm going to uh, the text of Romans 8.3 for us this afternoon. Here's what it says. God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here's our devotion. They hold docks, secure nets, and save people. Buoys of all kinds serve to lift up and support. We tend to overlook them except in times of need, such as inclement weather. Consider a certain life-threatening situation, our struggle with sin. How often do we feel that our sin is so hopeless that it's beyond even the Lord's mercy? Whether it's an individual or collective sin, we feel resigned to the attitude that we cannot change. We need a spiritual buoy then to secure us. You see, without buoys, docks and boats float away and nets sink to the ocean floor. Without God, we suffer difficult consequences. So we have a choice, ultimately. Confess our sin or turn away from God and guilt. If we choose to succumb to guilt, we are suggesting that our sin is in fact bigger than God's power, which we often do. But Paul declared, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, from Romans 8.4. No sin or struggle is beyond God's forgiveness. And let's remember that, please. As you grow in grace, you realize that well-secured docks can stabilize boats, and well-secured nets don't sink. Neither functions properly without buoys. So God's grace holds us the same way, to keep us from destruction and discouragement. Let Him lift you up today and every day. And let me end with this prayer. Father, we recognize our sin and ask Your forgiveness. Raise us all up from our guilt so that we might praise You this day and every day. And we ask this in the power of Jesus' holy name. Amen. So, uh, church, I want to make a transition now to 
uh, an article that I found that uh, spoke to me, and I hope it uh, does uh, for you and and to you as well. Uh, It's entitled, Think Now, Share Later. Thinking about the the digital age that we are in, uh, in an age of misinformation, Christians should be discerning and should have a spirit of humility. Let me uh, read this uh, reflection here. The writer says this, I hadn't planned to go grocery shopping, but as I read the weather report a friend had posted on Facebook, I knew I'd have to change my plans. A winter storm was bearing down in our region, promising to be one for the record books. Now mentally, I began rearranging my schedule. I'd shop on Thursday to miss the empty shelves and long lines, and I'd stay close to home on Friday in case school was dismissed early or even canceled. My husband, a pastor, had a funeral on Saturday, but the storm would change that too. Honey, come here, I called. Have you seen this? He began reading over my shoulder. This can't be right, he said, shaking his head. My husband, something of a weather enthusiast, prides himself on keeping close tabs on the forecast. But even he hadn't seen this storm coming. Reaching around me, he scrolled to the top of the page. Did you happen to look at the date, he said. The storm warning was over a year old. So, here's the bad news. A decade ago, the possibility of abruptly changing my plans because of an obsolete weather forecast was next to zero. But in the digital age, we're just a click away from false, misleading, and simply outdated information. Add to this fact that our society is quickly losing the ability to distinguish between legitimate and unreliable sources. And the problem becomes even more disconcerting then. In many ways, we are living in the post-truth world that apologists warned us about, an era the, the Oxford English Dictionary defines as a world where, in quotes, objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief, end quotes. A lot of truth there. Given our unprecedented access to information, both accurate and inaccurate, we also need unprecedented, here it is, wisdom to process and to filter it. As follows, as followers of a Savior who describe himself, in fact, as truth, Christians must become people of discernment, people who, in quotes, examine everything carefully. Do you do that? Do you do that on a regular basis? And, in quotes, hold fast to the truth which is good. That uh, reference comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.21. But this is not without its difficulties. Here are the challenges. We often misunderstand discernment, thinking of it as a sixth sense or a gut instinct that kicks in when we encounter false information. 
The problem with this is something researchers called confirmation bias, a term that describes our human tendency to process information in ways that verify the opinions that we already hold. But this sets up then a second challenge. Instead of relying on instinct, we then err in the opposite direction by thinking. If only we do enough research. If only we find that leaked memo. If only we uncover the hidden meaning in the text that no one else can see. If only we knew the absolute truth. If only, if only, if only. Yet this approach can also mislead us, especially if it grows out of a sense of our own pride. Pride before the fall, right? There's a thrill in being the only one to know something, right? Didn't, didn't that just feel absolutely glorious for you to be in a meeting, in a setting, and you know and then share information that nobody else knows about? I, I, I can certainly relate to that, and I know you can too. But this is also why false teachers so often peddle then secret things. They lure us with the promise that we can know then what other people do not know. And the media is absolute the worst in this. A third challenge to developing discernment is overconfidence in our ability to make good decisions. Once we've confirmed the facts, we must then ask, what do these facts mean? What should I do then because of them? But here again, pride, right? The sin of pride, the cardinal sin of pride, quickly assures us that we don't need to listen to anyone else, right? That's our fallen human nature wrapped up uh, in this uh, constant struggle in life uh, as well. Now, ironically, confidence in our ability to make sound decisions leads us to make poor ones, too, because we don't seek help from other people. Or as Proverbs 12.15 puts it, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man, well, he also listens to counsel. So developing discernment does not mean that we will never make mistakes, right? But it does mean that when we do, we'll be quick to recognize them and to receive correction from those who have looked at the date on the weather report. And ultimately, it is this attitude, here it is, of humility, having a spirit of humility, not of self-confidence, that then opens our eyes to the truth. It makes us more like our Savior, who is himself the truth. Well said, well said. Wanted to share that. That spoke to me. There's some great gems there. Folks, I, I would say always, 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 whatever you're looking at, whatever you're researching, fact-checking, do it certainly 
uh, with a spirit of humility, a spirit of gentleness. We all know uh, that not everyone is going to agree uh, with us, no matter what hot-button topic we're talking about, or uh, something that uh, is not, uh, in fact, stirring uh, the pot listening. Having a spirit of humility uh, is vitally important in this very polarized world that we lived in uh, and in this digital age that we are now in as well. So, wanted to share that with you. I, I, I hope uh, there in these words from this writer is something uh, for you to hear uh, and consider this day. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, this world that we live in uh, is very divided. It's very polarized, O oh God. I, I pray that as people of faith, we're able to step back, Lord. We're able to use uh, the um, wisdom, Lord, the, the, the common sense that you have instilled into us to get uh, and seek, most importantly, the truth, the truth that is in your word, Lord. I, I, I pray in the name of Jesus, too, that uh, despite the fact that we are so divided, Lord, that we can always live uh, with a spirit of humility, Lord, that we can be good listeners. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have to uh, that we have to agree uh, with everyone, but that we have taken the time, Lord, and uh, the um, extra effort it takes to be gentle by listening. Lord, bless our conversations, bless our church, bless our world, our nation, Lord, our state, and certainly the kingdom of God. In this digital age that we live in, I pray, Lord, that we seek your wisdom and your face, as the word says, to live full and abundant lives. Lord, in all things we ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Folks, take care. God bless you. I will see you uh, next week, same time, same place. Take care.